You may go. Badger cast number 62, Napod Pomo, day eight. Straight from southeastern Wisconsin, bringing you your slice of Badgerland, welcome to Badger Cast. And now your host, Julie and Dale. Hey, a freak show! Welcome to BadgerCast, your slice of Wisconsin life. I'm Dale. And I'm Julie. And it is day eight of the November experiment, right? Nepotpomo, yes. There you go. I'm not going to say it. You know I'm not going to say it. I keep trying to get you to say it. Well, I'm not going to do it. So, what do you have for us today? No politics. How's that? No politics. What do you have today? What I have today is I found some Wisconsin trivia. And the first one is a geeky one. Do you know who Seymour Cray is? I want to say the inventor of the supercomputer. Pretty, pretty accurate. He hails from the state of, or hailed from the state of Wisconsin. He has been called the father of supercomputing. Um, he was credited with creating the su- supercomputer industry. Um, let's see here. He was born back in 1925 in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Uh, I was close to where I thought. You were. Uh, I thought of Claire originally, but. Close. Um Background, you know, went to high school, was drafted for World War II, was in Europe, um, worked a lot with Japanese naval codes, um, returned to the U.S., got his um, Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering, and then went on to get his Master's in Applied Mathematics. They say here that he initially worked for something called Control Data Corporation, and that was kind of like the precursor to him building his own laboratory in Chippewa Falls. Mm. Um, and they don't give me a date here. It looks like it was in the 60s or so. Um, he became increasingly annoyed at what he saw as interference from the management where he was at. Um, and he decided to continue development on his own and, and put together this um, laboratory himself. So the new Chippewa lab was set up in the middle of something called the 7600 Project. And um, let's see. He went on and did a lot of other rehashing of different things and research and all that stuff. And back then, and it looks like, hmm, 1976 or so, they came up with the um, first full system, which was sold to the National Center for Atmospheric Research for $8.8 million. Uh, And then it goes on to a bunch of other things um, that are much more techie than I want to get into. So what is the latest Cray supercomputer? Uh, I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't. I'm just scrolling through here, and I don't see anything that gives us anything up to date. So maybe our geeky friends know what the latest 
Cray computer is. I don't know. The second Wisconsin trivia fact I have is that, do you know what Two Rivers is famous for? Other than having two rivers and being on Lake Michigan, no. Are you sure? Oh, is that the Sunday capital of the world? Yes, it is. I remember riding past something like that uh, on our bike ride. On our Scenic Shore 150, we go through downtown Two Rivers, I believe on day two. And there is a plaque. And they actually have the plaque here online. It's called the Ice Cream Sunday. In 1881, George Hallauer asked Edward C. Burner, the owner of a soda fountain at 1404 15th Street, to top a dish of ice cream with chocolate sauce, hitherto used only for ice cream sodas. The concoction cost a nickel and soon became a very popular soon became very popular, but was sold only on Sundays. One day, a 10-year-old girl insisted she have a dish of ice cream with that stuff on top, saying they could pretend it was Sunday. After that, the confection was sold every day in many flavors. It lost its Sunday-only association to be called Ice Cream Sunday when a glassware salesman placed an order with his company for the long canoe-shaped dishes in which it was served as Sunday dishes. So that's the plaque that is in downtown Two Rivers. And... This year, or this coming year, 2013, will be the 132nd anniversary of the Ice Cream Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Wrong Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I know, but whenever I get a chance. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Yes. And then uh, there are the antiquated butter laws. Do you remember the butter laws? I remember... Yes, I kind of do. I remember us making trips just over the border into Illinois to get oleo. Yeah, do you know why? Because you couldn't buy it in Wisconsin because it was against the law. Yes, it was. Along with some others. Um, Let's see, where is my little link here? Back in September of 2011... There was a drive or target, or I don't know what you want to call it, um, to get rid of or repeal the Wisconsin Butter Law. 2011, you said? Yep. Hold on. It gets better. Um, It was written by Scott Bauer by the Associated Press. A quirky Wisconsin law intended to protect the state's dairy industry by making it illegal, it illegal for restaurants to serve margarine as a replacement for butter is being targeted for repeal. The 44-year-old law that's little known to most diners is celebrated by some as a colorful part of the dairy state's past, even inspiring the State Historical Society to, tell, to sell T-shirts reprinting the language of the law on yellowish butter-colored background. But the law so marginalized the National Association of Margarine Manufacturers doesn't even refer to it in a timeline of significant action affecting the industry. has a loophole. Restaurants can abide by it simply by serving both butter and margarine. Quote, I literally Googled stupid Wisconsin laws, and this one came up as number one, end quote. Um, and that was said by Representative Dale Cuyanga. Uh, who's an accountant from Brookfield who wanted to undo the law he calls silly, antiquated, and anti-free market. 
it goes on to say some other th- stuff. The battle over Marjorie's place in the country was seriously debated after its invention in 1870. The agricultural community led by Wisconsin's strong dairy interests saw the artificially produced margarine as an intruder on the market and the rural, rural way of life. <coughs> In 1895, just 47 years after it became a state, Wisconsin passed its ban on the sale or use of margarine color to imitate butter. The pressure to repeal that ban grew in the 1960s as Wisconsin was left as the only state with the prohibition. Residents were getting around the law by buying margarine in neighboring states just across the border. I remember this because we were living when I was younger up in Green Bay. And we would make, when we made the trip down to Grandma's house, we would buy margarine and stuff. We would bring butter for the people who wanted real butter, but then we would bring margarine back for us. It was your own bootlegging. True, but I was what? Uh, three or four? I don't know. The uh, officer isn't going to pull your parents over when you're bootlegging butter <laughs> into Illinois with the little kids uh-huh. in the car. So, and from what I looked up, it. They got it repealed by the end of 2011 that that was repealed. Some of the uh, other silly ones, and I haven't been able to find documentation to see whether they've been taken back or not, and I know that we've mentioned this one before, butter could not be a substitute. Wait a minute. Butter substitutes were not allowed to be served in state prisons. Um, Let's see. And referring back to the article, margarine may not be substituted in restaurants unless requested by the customer. And they got around that by offering both. Okay. You know, I I don't really even pay attention. I guess I assume it's always butter. I don't think most people would unless you grew up like I did in Wisconsin in the early 60s into the 70s and remember things like that. I remember the blue laws between Wisconsin and Illinois. I remember going down to my grandparents' house outside of Chicago. You couldn't buy meat after a certain time. Um, You couldn't buy liquor on Sundays. Uh, Let's see, what were some of the other? There were a bunch of old blue laws that you couldn't buy certain products after a certain time or they weren't available for you to buy on the weekend. I remember going into a grocery store and after whatever time it was, you would see the whole meat case covered up because you it was there being kept cold, but you couldn't buy it. And I distinctly remember going down for um, family gatherings. We had to make sure you got your booze on Saturday because you couldn't buy it on Sunday. Uh, I think that was true in Wisconsin, too, when I was a little kid, but not so much. I'll have to dig a little deeper into not the so blue much, laws. Yeah, not so much as a teenager, but like in the 70s, I think they may have not had liquor sales on Sunday. Well, and then depending on what, and I don't know if this is truly Wisconsin. But that could have been a local thing, too. Yeah, and I don't know if this next thing is truly Wisconsin or if this affects other people in, in different states, but for the longest time, you couldn't buy liquor in a grocery store. You had to go to a liquor store. They had to be separate. And if the grocery store had a liquor department, you had to pay for your other purchases, take those out, go into the separate part, and buy your liquor separately. I think that's local because Milwaukee's like that too. 
I don't know if they're still like that. We don't live in Milwaukee County anymore. I remember when it's not so much Milwaukee County, but it was the city of Milwaukee. Well, the last I remember like that would have been 18 years ago, 19 years ago before we moved out here. The pick and save that was right on the border between Milwaukee County and Waukesha County, their liquor department was completely separate. In the Waukesha County one or Waukesha County and Milwaukee County? Milwaukee County. Okay. The one that was on um, 124th and Capitol. I think it's 124th and Capitol. That, that would have been Waukesha County. It's not Waukesha County. You yeah. think? No? West of 124th Street. Whatever the one by REI is. That would be Waukesha County. Oh, it had separate. And that was 19 years ago. Well, I know that still exists in certain places. So, At but least we're not in a dry state. We are not in a dry state. That's for sure. <laughs> because I'm... I stopped at Trader Joe's. You did. What'd to you buy get? you vanilla. Yes, I like my Trader Joe vanilla. Which which one did you get? This Ooh, is your winter the seasonal. I've never had that one. Well, winter skull. Is it good? Oh, he's passing me some. Hold on. It seems okay. It's a little bitter. Not bad. Not not bad. Uh, it's it was only nine dollars a six pack. Only nine dollars a six pack. <laughs> From Capital Brewing in Middleton. I would so. say that the average price of a microbrewery six pack is probably at least eight fifty. Well, that's about right. It was the same price as a Fat Tire, so at least at Trader Joe's. I like Fat Tire too. I also like Blue Moon. What was that other one I had? Uh, they had a Trader Joe's Red Belgian Ale that came in a 750 milliliter bottle, and I was tempted to buy it, but it was five bucks. I would have tried it. You could have split it with me. Could have split it with five people, actually. Any commentary on the goings-on of today that's not political? No, no, absolutely not. I... It was pretty much I ignored anything political today kind of sums up one of my posts Mm -hmm. life has its ups and downs it's just how you tend to deal with it and people just need to i was going to come back with a uh, comeback and deal with it life has its ups and downs and it all depends how you reboot (laughs) cute so you have nothing else. You can steal it if you'd like. Uh, you have nothing nothing else to add for day eight of Napod FOMO? Nah, it's been a crappy day. I don't want to talk. All right, something. Oh, Hulk, come on over here, Gracie girl. What do you have? Apparently, Gabby doesn't like her bed. Oh, I think she's just getting used to it. Yes. We bought a uh, nice, cushy doggy bed today. The cheap version. Good. Because I want her off my couch. I'd like my couch back. No, not only that, but the last doggy bed like that we had, she ate it. Well, right now she goes over to it. She looks at it. She stands there. She sniffs it. If I pull her by the collar, she will half sit on it. She'll stand there for about mm, 
30 seconds. As soon as I turn around, she's off of it. Well. Um, we'll see. My suggestion is to put a dog bone on there. There is a dog bone in it. We can try it. We'll see. She's still coming out of the I miss my buddy stages. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that at some point. No, we don't need to. Just suffice to say we're down to one dog now. Okay. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else to add. So if you'd like to get a hold of us and that challenge to the rest of the podcast listeners and past podcast friends out there is to call in and tell us who's listening, 262-649-8550. You can get a hold of us by email at thebadgercast at gmail.com. And, of course, you can find Dale and I on Twitter and then Facebook. Good night. Bye. See you tomorrow. Just trying to get home. To tell you I was wrong, but you already